coming up. So the way to get empathy right is to be the brave, vulnerable person that recognises the elephant in the room. Now, we all want to be there for our work colleagues, friends and family who may be going through a tough time. But there's a big difference between listening and letting someone know they're being heard. Digital learning that's dramatically different. Welcome to this TED Learning Podcast. So, Mandy, you wrote a book called Being Rock. It's all about feeling heard rather than listening skills. And I've attended your talks and we've known each other for donkey's years. Luckily, you have fared much better than I. It's a shame this isn't a visual <laughs> podcast, but there we go. Liberal use of hair dye, Darren. <laughs> but, you know, we're talking about listening, but actually being heard as being the important thing. And I suppose... Empathy is a really big part of that, isn't it, of, of feeling heard? So when do we use that? I thought I knew what empathy was, and it was a, it's been a big old learning curve, I have to say. But when to use empathy, I think empathy comes in when we don't know what to say. So if you think of all of the times where somebody has thrown a statement at you and you literally it almost takes your breath away. You go into panic mode and you think, I don't actually know what to say to that. Empathy is the thing we need to use then. So say if I just said to you, my mum died last week, or I said to you, I've just been made redundant. And I throw that statement at you and your brain instantly goes, oh, right. And a lot of people find it really hard because they think, well, I don't want to say the wrong thing. So then we go into panic mode. But empathy is the thing that needs to obviously come straight in there. But it isn't easy to do. And I have had to learn how to part of being alongside someone, being their rock, is to be able to recognise this is a moment where they need my empathy and the biggest job is to get me out of the way and not to go into a fix-it mode straight away. And that's really interesting, isn't it? Because as managers and leaders in business, we're always told to put on this game face, aren't we, where we are managers of these colleagues. And I suppose, do you think we're almost afraid to show empathy because it shows a more human side of us to people we're supposed to be managing and leading okay so this is a big big thing about Brené Brown talks about the power of vulnerability there is a huge difference between empathy and sympathy and there is a huge need if you're going to be empathic for you to come alongside somebody and be there in the moment with them so it's about sitting with somebody in the dark rather than being the one turning on the light switch And if you can sit alongside someone and be empathetic in that moment, it makes a huge, huge difference, massive difference. But what I discovered was that all of us, me included, have things that get in the way of our empathy before we even start. And what are those things that derail our empathy? I think what they are is what we learnt as children, probably, around our growing up we learnt default responses to difficult situations. So if somebody throws us a difficult statement, like, I cannot finish this project at work because I'm actually really ill, our default position, I call it my rock gremlins, will jump in and respond. 
And what happens is that we might respond with sympathy. We might respond with buck up. We might respond with, oh, it's not as bad, at least very damaging gremlin, actually. Somebody says, I've got this really big problem and we go, well, at least it's not as bad because of this. Oh, you'll be fine. (laughs) You'll be fine. You'll be fine. Um, Humour. People can make jokes as a default response. Now, humour's brilliant. None of these are wrong, Darren, in themselves. What I realised was we have to know what our gremlin is so we can control when it comes out. I've got a big fix-it gremlin. My brain will go, oh, I've got a solution for that. Very egotistical gremlin I have. But what happens is I now see it. I can feel it building in me and I stop it because I think... If I was dealing with somebody in a professional capacity and I do need to offer a solution, that's great. But I have to do it from a controlled place, not a instant default response place. So that's being emotionally aware, really, isn't it? It's making sure that we... yeah. It's being emotionally aware of what it is that you do when somebody throws a difficult statement at you. See what you do. And actually watch out. How many times in a week have you said at least watch it? Start being aware of it because it can make a huge difference if you can curb that one in. And I'm trying very hard to get at least out of my vocabulary (laughs) and and see what that's about and how, why did I feel very uncomfortable when I was just prior to saying the words at least? And yeah, I did. It's a default response. Our default response will kill empathy dead. So how can we get empathy right? So the way to get empathy right is to be the brave, vulnerable person that recognises the elephant in the room. And that one's really, really huge. If you cannot imagine what it's like to be in their shoes, be honest enough to say so. Can I give you an example, Darren? Because I think it's easier to explain it with an example. And I'm sorry it's from my experience. But three days after my mum died, a friend said to me, oh, I know what you're feeling because I lost my horse last year. Now, she was trying to do empathy. She was trying to put herself in my shoes because she'd never lost anyone before. But what she had lost her horse and she'd had a really amazing relationship and a long-term relationship with her horse. So she was saying, I too have felt what you're feeling. Of course, me receiving that is not the same because I'm three days bereaved losing my mum and she's going shopping with her mum in the afternoon. So she still has her mum. So I'm not feeling that empathy at all. In fact, I'm hurt by it. But what if we'd looked for what we both had in common, which is grief? So empathy is not to tell your story, not to say, I know how you feel, but instead to say something like this, I too have experienced grief and I know how hard that is. Tell me how you're feeling or I can be here with you. So now you're allowing that person to tell their story because that's what rock's all about. It isn't about us at all. It's about the person feeling hurt. And I mean, this is the nicest possible way, but almost being construed as competing against their story. You've lost your mum, well, I've lost a horse. And I suppose it can almost come across in the wrong way in that regard as well. Yeah, I do talk about in the book about, I call it two shedding, which apparently is a Monty Python thing, but it came from a boyfriend years ago saying, a work colleague, if you had one shed, he had two. So (laughs) it's that complete upstaging, I'm going to upstage you. Can you imagine actually how destructive it is to anybody's mental health if we upstage them in a moment of difficulty? 
you say, I'm experiencing this, and they say, oh, get over yourself. You know, I've had this. Does that person feel heard? Heck no. But it comes from a really, really good place. It absolutely does. And the problem is we don't realise we're doing it. I didn't realise I was doing it. The book, This Experience, has not come from me getting everything right, Darren. It's got from me sitting in the car, bashing my head against the steering wheel and thinking, why did I say that? And understanding why people were getting upset or looking sad because of how I responded. So I've learned this at the rock face. Oh, gosh, excuse the pun, but I really have. And yeah, we don't mean to do these things, but if we can stop and think about how we respond and change the way we respond, it makes huge difference. And I suppose if we get empathy right, what are the benefits of showing genuine empathy to our friends and our work colleagues? What's the benefit to them? I've got a mantra, Darren. Greet somebody where they are and not where we want them to be. So can you greet that pet owner? If you think you've never had a dog and you don't get it, you know, it's just a dog, it's just a budgie, whatever... But if you actually greet them where they are, rather than where you want them to be, which is to get straight into the business meeting, because we go, get over yourself, you've just lost a budgie, you greet them where they are, then they feel heard by you. What is that going to do for the relationship between the two of you? Well, the only thing that can do is good. They trust you. And then if you're taking that into a workplace, they trust you, then they trust your brand. They trust you as someone they can work with. It's huge. It's massive. And they go away feeling heard and thinking, wow, that person really, really, I really enjoyed that meeting today. I really enjoyed meeting that person rather than, oh, they brushed over how sad I was feeling and I felt uncomfortable during the rest of the day. Thanks, Mandy. Well, that's all from Mandy and I in this podcast. You can get a copy of Mandy Priest's book or ebook called Being Rock from Amazon. And you can hear all of our chats with Mandy Priest on our website, podcast.tedlearning.co.uk, or you can get it from all good podcast platforms. Mm-hmm.